Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Hey, what's up, you guys? I'm Andrea. And I'm Haley. And you're listening to Inhuman, a true crime podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to give a quick little update on the Delphi murders. Um, We posted about this in our Facebook group, but I just wanted to share it here. Um, I know there have been some updates, kind of, that have been released, but I'm not going to be sharing them because the Indiana State Police actually came out with a statement saying that they did not release this information. So it was like somehow leaked or something and they basically said that they are only releasing information that they think is important for the public to know because they don't want to compromise the integrity of the investigation which yeah completely makes sense so i just wanted to say that i won't be sharing those updates um just because we don't need to spread it more than it's already being spread and you know, if the Indiana State Police releases more information, then we'll share. But until then, we will not be sharing. And um, we we would appreciate that you guys do the same because, you know, there, there are still, this is still an open and active investigation and they're doing everything they can to solve it. And as much as it can be frustrating sometimes, if they don't release information, there's a reason for that. So, yeah. And by people spreading hearsay um that could really muddy the waters and we do not want to do that in this case at yeah. all i mean any case but especially this one i feel like because of you know how invested law enforcement is in solving it and just you know the families and everything like that and it's been so you know not so so long but too long been, long enough yeah 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 so i just wanted to share that because um i've had people ask about it and i just wanted to explain why I'm not giving like sharing that information and I won't be until you know the ISP releases something themselves so yeah just wanted to share that with you guys yeah okay cool okay so um the case that I'm going to be doing today was actually a suggested case from one of our listeners they did not leave their name so I'm just going to assume they didn't want their name um to be released but If you guys do have case suggestions and you do want us to give you a shout out, don't forget to put your name in the little optional name box. Yeah. Um, So I am going to be covering the case of Abby Hernandez. I don't think like the name sounds very familiar, but I can't think of what this case is. Yeah, I had never heard of this case and I just I wanted to pick a case that I hadn't heard of and just kind of like you know, dive deep and, and try to get as many de- details as I could. Yeah. Um, and this was this case. And then 
there's like one more case that I'm going to be doing not next week, but I think the week after that okay. it's kind of the same, same, same spiel on it. So Abigail Hernandez, better known to her family and friends as Abby was born October 12th, 1998 in Manchester, New Hampshire. If you were to ask Abby's loved ones to describe her, they would say she was athletic, positive, kind, and cheerful. She enjoyed playing guitar and loved hanging out with her friends. Abby went to Kennett High School and in 2013 had just began her freshman year. She lived in North Conway, New Hampshire with her mom, Zinya, and her sister, Sarah. Okay. In October of 2013, Abby was excited about her upcoming birthday. She would be turning 15 and had plans to start preparing for her driving test, which she would be able to take in April. On October 9th, Abby was walking home from school, as she did every other day. She was wearing a gray sweatshirt or sweater, depending on the source, um, and black pants, but... Abby never arrived home from school that day. No. Like many parents, Zinya began to grow concerned when Abby didn't come home by 7 p.m. and she notified police that her daughter was missing. Abby would always answer her calls um, and texts from her mom. And when she wasn't responding that day to Zinya, that was a big, a big red flag. Right. Police thought maybe there had been a problem at home and that Abby might have run away, but they were reassured rather quickly that there were no domestic issues in the home at all, and therefore Abby would not have a reason to run away from home. Okay. Police spoke with Abby's friends as well, and they were pretty confident that Abby had no personal issues, like she didn't use drugs, she didn't drink. And they couldn't think of any reason why she would, you know, choose to leave or go missing like this. She was pretty responsible and dependable, and that type of behavior was not like Abby at all. So her friends and family just weren't convinced that she, you know, left of her, like, on her own. Right, like they knew immediately. Yeah. So a large search began. They had people on foot and on ATVs looking through the woods and the surrounding areas. Police from multiple counties were searching for her. They thoroughly went through Abby's phone records and cell phone pings and figured Abby's last known whereabouts were at a spot near Cranmore Mountain, which was a ski resort near her home. Okay. They searched that area as well, but to no avail. But then, in November, a letter arrived. Uh Uh-oh. At first, police wanted to keep the letter under wraps in fear that it may, you know, be a hoax or a joke, a, you know, sick joke, but you just never know. Yeah, some people are very, very sick. Yeah, but it did give them a sliver of hope that Abby was still alive. However, according to New Hampshire Assistant Attorney General Jane Young, investigators were unable to verify if the letter was indeed from Abby. Um... They did say that it was a tone that Abby would have used, but unfortunately after this, the trail went cold and there was no other letter, you know, received. Huh. Okay. That's interesting. They tried to fingerprint the envelope, but nothing. Um, So the search continued and for nine months they looked for Abby, but they never found her. That's so sad. 
In May of 2014, a reward for $10,000 was put up for any information leading to the whereabouts of Abby. Then in April, the FBI matched that reward amount. Soon after, Abby's father doubled that and increased the reward amount to about $60,000. Wow. Okay. Yeah. The police begged and pleaded with the public. They chased every lead that came in. They told the people to be on the lookout with their neighbors, pay attention in grocery stores, look around you at church, try and notice if there's somebody there you haven't seen before. So they were, I guess, at that time thinking it was, you know, a stranger that's not from the area. That's interesting. I wonder what yeah. made them think that it was that and not somebody that she knew. Yeah. I think they had kind of ruled out everyone in the, you know, okay. close circle. Yeah. But still, it could be, like, a teacher. Like, you never yeah. know. I feel like it could yeah. still be someone she knew. So they must have known something that led them to think that it was a stranger. Yeah. I mean, after the, the Ashley um, Reeves case that we just covered, yeah. you know, it definitely could have been a teacher. I yeah. Mean, you never you know. You really can't trust anyone. Anyone's capable. Well, not anyone's capable of murder. But, like, when you're investigating a murder or disappearance or whatever... Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. You just don't know who people are, really. So then just a few months shy of the one-year anniversary of Abby's disappearance, Abby came home. What? Wait. I feel like I might remember this story now. Okay. Wait, I think I just remembered it, but okay. Okay. Abby came home. Abby came home. So when she walked through the door, she was wearing the same black pants and gray sweatshirt that she was wearing the day that she went missing. Abby had been kidnapped that day on October 9th, 2013 by Nathaniel Kibbe. She has unfortunately, or she had unfortunately taken a ride home from a strange man and he told Abby he needed to make a pit stop at Home Depot first before taking her to their next destination. Sounds like, uh... Ariel Castro saying, let's just stop at the house and see my daughter or see, my see puppies. the puppies. Yeah, exactly. Which, by the way, I got, I saw, just side note, I saw a message from somebody the other day that said they finally listened to our earlier episodes and said, and they finally knew why we were always referring to Castro. So if you guys uh, are confused, the first 12 episodes we covered the Cleveland kidnappings and Ariel Castro was the disgusting the monster, monster that did it. Yeah, so... Yeah. Uh, so if you don't know who we're talking about, go listen to our first 12 episodes. Yeah. He's who we named this podcast about because he is an inhuman monster. So Yeah. Yep. In case you were wondering. <laughs> okay. So Abby had good instincts. She knew immediately that she was in danger. So she got ready to take off and she went ahead and unbuckled her seatbelt. But as soon as she did, Nathaniel pulled out a gun. Oh my God. Okay. Her survival instincts kicked in, and she complied with everything that he said, Good which is her. honestly smart. You know, yeah. it really is. The car came to a halt 30 miles later at Kibby's house in Gorham, New Hampshire. He took Abby into a dark room where a don't tread on me flag hung up on the wall. I get, everyone knows what that is, right? Yeah, I think so. Like with the snake. Okay. <laughs> um, he taped her eyes shut, wrapped her head in oh a T-shirt. God. Put a motorcycle helmet on her head. Oh my Castro, god. Yep. And raped her. 
What the fuck? This would be the first of many assaults Abby would endure during her time with this poor excuse of a human. Oh my god. Next, he blindfolded and gagged Abby and stuck her inside a storage container in his yard. For months, Kibby verbally and sexually abused Abby. She knew that she had to gain his trust in hopes of ever getting out of this situation alive. She would frequently try and talk to him, befriend him even. Smart. Which was, I can't imagine how difficult that was for, you know, her being assaulted by this man. Yeah. To try and be kind to him, you know? Right. It's like uh, Lisa McVeigh when she was kidnapped and she, to try to, you know, get on his good side and escape, she had to like, she literally like, like let him touch her and she touched his face and like tried to nurture him and stuff. And it's like, I cannot imagine the strength that that takes. I know it does. It takes a very strong minded person for sure. Yeah. She said, quote, I told him, look, you don't seem like a bad person. Like, everybody makes mistakes. If you let me go, I won't tell anybody about this. I really kind of put it, you know, this strategy is always there. So she kind of, like, pitched this idea to him. Right. During the majority of Abby's captivity, Kibby forced her to wear a shock collar. She remembered when he initially put it on her, he told her, Okay, try and scream. And she slowly started to raise her voice, and then it shocked her. He said, okay, now you know what that feels like. What the fuck? Yeah. During her time in captivity, Kibby was reportedly making and using counterfeit money. And this would ultimately lead to his demise. So, you're probably wondering, how did Abby escape captivity from this sicko? Well, simply put, he let her go. What? Okay, maybe I'm not remembering this case then. All right, I'm just going to let you keep going. (laughs) Okay. So on July 20th, 2014, Kibby drove Abby back to North Conway and released her. He was afraid that the police might visit his home for a counterfeit investigation. He reportedly paid a sex worker with counterfeit money, and she tried to use that money elsewhere, and the police were able, or the police were notified, and she thankfully ratted him out. Wow, okay, good for her. (laughs) But she did call him and kind of give him a heads up that she told the police about the counterfeit money, so with that bit of information, he decided to let Abby go. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. I've, like, never heard of it, heard a case like this before. Yeah. While in captivity, Abby had promised if Kibby ever let her go, she would never divulge his name, and she kept that promise to him. During her police interview, she told them she didn't know her captor's name, despite the fact that she had discovered. So he never told her, her his name. She, he would give her books to read and like magazines to read and inside one of the covers of the book, you know how it will say like, this book belongs to. Yeah. And it had his name on there. How dumb is this person? I know. I know. I know. So she had, she had saw that and, and she asked him, is your name Nathaniel Kibbe? And he was like, how do you know my name? Like all freaked out. And she was like, 
It's in like, the book dipshit. He could have just been <laughs> yeah. like, no, that's not my name. And then she I know. thought it wasn't his name. Exactly. Because she's 14. I mean, he could have definitely, or 15. Well, yeah, she's 15, I guess, at this point. Yeah. Um, Not the 15-year-olds are stupid and you can, like, pull the wool over their eyes. But, you know. Yeah. It can be a little more naive yeah. on certain things. So all she provided to the police was a description of the man that had kidnapped her. She did, however, tell her mother his actual name, and luckily, Zinyo went to the police and told okay. them that information. So. And she can still say, I never told the police. Yeah, yeah. It took police about a week to find Kibby. In July of 2014, he was arrested, and his properly his properly his property was raided. Okay. He initially faced one count of felony kidnapping with a $1 million bond. Oh, wow. He then spent two years in prison before pleading guilty to six more felonies. Good. Despite the violence Abby faced from this monster, she never gave up hope. At the trial, she made a, deci- a decision to address Kibby directly in court wow. during his guilty plea. She said, quote, I want you to know I appreciate my freedom because of you. I never look at the sunshine the same way. I never think about the fresh air the same way. So I also want to thank you for giving me my freedom back. She told Kibby, some people might call you a monster, but I've always looked at you as a human. And I want you to know that even though life became a lot harder after that, I still forgive you. Oh, okay. I know. I know. I'm like, gosh, girl, like. She's a strong human being. I know. And I don't know if it's like, you know, like maybe she's because she's young, she's not as jaded. But still to have gone through like. Someone raping you, kidnapping you, yeah. putting a shot collar on your neck, holding you in a storage container. Yeah. I mean, that just shows such a level of maturity and like, I, yeah, I mean, that's... yeah, I know you're supposed to like forgive and, you know, move on or forgive and, you know, whatever, but I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> no, I don't think I could either. So Nate Kibby received a sentence of 45 to 90 years in prison. As for Abby, she prefers to keep a low profile and stay out of the public eye, which is totally her prerogative. Yeah. Um, she now has a child of her own, and despite all she has endured, she is seemingly thriving. Wow, good for her. She lives a, you know, pretty uh, private life, and she still lives in North Conway, New Hampshire. There's actually a um, movie on Lifetime that depicts Abby's story. It's called The Girl in the Shed. Never heard of it. And when asked how Abby felt about the movie, she stated, Obviously, it's a weird experience to have this happen to you in the first place. And then to have it made into a movie is even weirder. (laughs) But ultimately, I did find it healing in a weird way just to have it out there. That's amazing. Wow, she's a strong woman. That is, wow. I know. She really, it's like, I think we've like said this a million times probably. I know I have is like, you know, we're given tough and horrible situations. Obviously, this is way more than tough. But, you know, we're given like horrible situations all the time and like how we choose to react to it and like 
um, you know, change after the fact yeah. can be for the better or it could be for the worse. And like, you know, most people, it's completely understandable that things do get harder for them and they do have not the greatest experience, but like she has taken this horrible experience and turned it into, um, not even a positive thing. She just, the way she has grown and like healed from it is just, it's, I mean, it's, it's remarkable. It really is. Yeah. So Abby, (laughs) not that you're listening, but if you are, we hope that you are living your best life and you're a badass and you were able to keep your wits about you and convince your captor to set you free. And that is not a reality for a lot of people, especially yeah. with some of the cases we've covered recently. Um, and we just hope you're, you're thriving. So wow, that is the short and sweet case of Abby Hernandez. I knew I had to cover this case because number one, I had never heard it. And it just was like so crazy to me. Um, and I just needed something a little... I mean, not that this is a lighthearted case, but you know what I mean? Like something, a little happy ending after, um, you know, Brittany Drexel. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I want to, that's kind of why I flip flopped them. Another reason. Yeah. That was, I had planned to do this case last week and then do Brittany's where like now where you guys would be hearing it, but right. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So that is incredible. I was shocked when you said she came home. I know. So there's a case, and I cannot think of who it was, but it was somebody who was kidnapped, and I feel like it might even have been one we covered, and I'm just totally blanking, but it was somebody who was kidnapped, a girl who was kidnapped, and then her captor let her come back home, but basically like threatened her family, and or told her that he was threatening her family and was like, you can't tell them that I kidnapped you. You have to tell them that we're in a relationship and we love each other and like we're together. Oh yeah. What oh, was that, that case? I'll have to look into it and maybe cover it. I remember those details, but I don't know. I can't think of all, off the top of my head who what the case was. It's late. Maybe we did cover it. And if we did, we'll let you know <laughs> in the next yeah. episode. Yeah. But until then... Um, make sure you're following us over on Instagram, uh, Facebook, TikTok, all of the things, because we do post about these cases. Um, and I know this was a shorter one, but I wanted to share it nonetheless. Yeah, thank this you guys story is always. Still just as important. Yeah, I agree. And I need, like, like I said, I needed a lighthearted case, so I feel like yeah. everybody else might have needed a, a more. Yeah. I hate to say lighthearted because it's not. It's not lighthearted. It's. But it's, it's devastating. A happy It's life changing. Yes. I needed a happy ending. Yeah. Um, you know, after. Because the Brit- Brittany Drexel case has just been really weighing on me. Like, um, mm-hmm. I don't know why. Just some cases hit you differently, you know? Yeah. I, when I was editing it after, because if you guys didn't listen to that, um, when we recorded, they hadn't confirmed that these remains found were her. And then by the time we posted it and I was editing it, they had. And it was just yeah. so much harder re-listening to the story knowing that. I know. It was it was a tough one. So I'm glad that you did a survival one about this super awesome, strong woman. Like, this was, this was great. But I will be sharing pictures of her. Um, she's beautiful. I mean, just stunningly beautiful. Um, and her captor is 
of course, disgusting pig. So, um, you guys can take a gander at that. But yeah, until... Well, thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to... I'm very tired. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget to leave us a rating and review. I think we haven't said that in a while. So, reminder, reminder. Um, But until next time, keep it human. Bye.